0: Romans 15, verse number 1, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification. For even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, The reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Isn't that good? For what things were written aforetime, why were they written? For our learning. For our learning. What are we learning? That we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, what are we gaining through this learning? What benefit? It's, it's comfort, it's hope. Um, patience. I mean, you, you think about... I, I know that's probably not a word that comes to mind today. Patience. How long had the prophets foretold of Christ's coming? How long had they searched the Scriptures diligently, seeking to know what what time or what manner of time His coming would be. Not understanding that they are knowing that these things, they were testifying unto us. You know, here we live on the other side of those things. We know the confusion of the disciples, don't we? I mean, how often the Lord would speak to them about these things, about His death. And how about Peter? Far be it, Lord, from you that, that you should die. And what did the Lord reply? Get thee behind me, Satan. Um, you know, that, that, that right there was, was, was a temptation, wasn't it? In, in, in a sense, I mean, you know, far be it from you. Uh, I thought about when Brother J.T. was preaching this morning about the joy that was set before him. That joy that was set before him, what did it cause him to do? To endure the cross. To despise. Get thee behind me, Satan. To despise that sort of thing. He'd set his face like a flint. He would not be deterred. He came to do the will of the Father, right? He prayed in the garden, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. The angels came and strengthened him, ministered unto him. The disciples, what? What were they doing? They fled. Well, they were sleeping at the time in the garden. But yeah, they did. And later on, they fled. Um, when he came, imagine that. I mean, here's such a close companion. Um, you know, how they they followed him. John says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And immediately they left John and began to follow after the Lord. And says, Master, where, where are you staying? Where are you lodging? He said, Come and see. And they followed. They left their nets and they followed him, right? But then Brother Bruce said, whenever they came to take him. And Peter had said what? I'll never forsake you. I'll die. He, he made a bold start, didn't he? He cut off the high priest's servant's ear, didn't he? And the Lord put it back on. And those men that came to take him, yeah, who are you looking for? We're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. I am he. And they fall backwards as dead men. They get back up. I mean, the, the, the servant's ears cut off and the Lord puts it back on. It, and I don't think he was aiming for his ear, do you? Yeah, I said Brother Donnie was quick. That guy must have been a little bit quick because he didn't get his neck. I think it might have been where Peter was aiming. You know, I don't know. I don't think he was just seeking to nip off his ear. <clears throat> but he had a bold start, didn't he? But in the end, he too... Fled. Um, later he did. The Lord asked him. He denied the Lord three times. And the Lord asked him three times, do you love me? You know, and we see that in Scripture, don't we? And Peter was restored. He didn't go out. You know, like I've said recently, he didn't go out like Judas and hang himself. Um, but Judas did. Um, but these things were foretold, weren't they? That's, the, that's what we have here. Um, what sort of things were written aforetime? were written for our learning. They were written for that through patience and comfort of the Scriptures that we might have hope, that we might have hope. Uh, What a a wonderful verse of Scripture. You know, to me, I don't know about you, um, but it is a a glorious verse of Scripture because when you think about that, a couple things like Jeremiah 29.11. Anybody know what Jeremiah 29.11 says? You ought to know. You know, I'll read it verbatim so I don't mess it up. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Does, do not the scriptures give us an expected end? Do we not have hope in an expected end? Do not we have comfort in? And I, I, how, how else can, I, can, can Donnie and I stand beside Brother Wiseman's bed as, as we look at him and know this? I mean, unless the Lord intervenes here, he's not going to make it. You know, I sit down on the couch beside Sister Louise, you know, and, and her mind has already started to go. But, but I played a little bit of her for Rebecca the other day because she wasn't able to be there at that time. She's, you know, gone in middle at the time. But, but there we were. I don't think you were there, were you? You weren't there, were you? No. <clears throat> but there we were. Her mind had already started to go. But I started singing a hymn. And she started singing with me. you know. And, and I, I sought to comfort her. How are you going to comfort her? Well, it's not going to be like Lydia. I had to look over here and make sure you're back there. So you know what we did this week? Some of you know what we did this week. I'm talking about my dad and I. And my brothers and Andrew and Rebecca and party. we had a chicken party yeah um, we we slaughtered ninety six chickens, wow. and you don't know what I'm going to say next, but Lydia does, but we're thinking about this comfort, right, this comfort we have all right well, if i'm going to put this chicken in that place, not just one, there was multiple of them, they'd go out, and I know some of you are going to have a hard time with this, you know but They would go out into the field and they'd bring in crates of these chickens. And Dad was over there and he was slitting their throat, you know, to put it nicely. But before he grabbed a hold of them, you know what was happening? Lydia had taken one out of the cage and had set it on top. And while it was waiting for my dad to come get it, you know what she was doing? She was (laughs) petting the little chicken, you know. Well... If you were going to be martyred. You know, if you're going to be martyred, then I mean, you think about the spirit coming and comforting you with the scripture. Now, I doubt that was much comfort to the chicken. Yeah, you know, the chicken doesn't know what's going on or it would have run, you know. <laughs> but it just sat there and waited its turn, you know. But if we were if we were in that place or not didn't have to be martyred, what if you're on your deathbed? Death is coming. Right? Death is coming for all of us. And what if we were on that deathbed? What comfort will you then have? The Word of God, right? I remember John Piper when he got news that he was, had cancer. He said there was a verse of Scripture that came immediately to his mind as the doctor gave him those words. And it was a comfort unto him. The Scriptures are a comfort. They're here for our learning. We, we, we really don't have any excuse, do we? I mean, you heard Brother J.T. He said, I was, I was sitting meditating and thinking about these things during the week. You know, can we say the same? Do we do that? They're here for our learning. We don't have an excuse. We have them. We're without excuse. They're here for our learning. That we, through patience and consolation, our comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Now Let's read verse number 5. We're not going to get to verse number five, but verse five says, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth. So there could be diversity among us, right? In secondary matters. But yet we still with one mind and one mouth glorify God. Even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's pray. Brother J.T., would you pray for us?
1: Our most kind, gracious Father in heaven, we come once again this day offering up thanks for all the things that you have done for me. Amen. Lord, when we, when we think on these things, there's so many things that have taken place in our lives we would have to rebound unto thanksgiving Lord certainly you have been most gracious to us Mm -hmm. you've been gracious to us Lord in many ways but one is that you have always kept us in your care Mm -hmm. always uh, give us a place to worship Mm -hmm. a place to come and meet with you Lord we pray that you have met with us here this morning. Yes. The things that we have taught and the things that we have said might take root and that they might be of great importance to us. Hmm. And even then, that we might find comfort in them. Yes. Lord, we we look unto you for all things you have provided for us well. These earthly things, Lord, are are just minimal things. They're, They're... things that are passing away Mm. but Lord the spirit that comes to us that bears witness Mm. Lord that that presents you to us day by day we pray that you continue that with us Lord that you would continue to show us these things Mm. the light has come upon your people may we take advantage of it look unto it always Lord, trying to understand more and more about your glory and your majesty and your righteousness. Lord, for you are righteousness. Lord, now be with the rest of this service. Lord, yes. This yes. As he brings the word to us, once again, that it might take root and grow in us. These things we ask in my name
0: for that Amen. Amen. Lord, be seated. So you stood up for a little while, so now you're ready to sit down, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, Paul gives us this thought in verse number 4. Let's read it once again. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. You see what this follows on the heels of. I mean, four comes behind three, right? Well, what was in three? Well, three says, Even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, right? So there's the connection with verse four, isn't it? As it is written, The reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. Well, that comes from the book of Psalms. Um, That was written aforetime. It was written aforetime for our learning, it was written aforetime for our patience. It was written aforetime for our comfort. It was written aforetime for our hope. And there's not just that scripture that was written aforetime, you know, there's many passages that were written aforetime, and I'm just thinking the ones this morning in regards to Christ. And the whole book of the Bible, you know, it's, it's all the books, really, what are they about? They're about Christ. You know, all, all the things that we see in the temple, all the things that we see, you know, there in the tabernacle and the sacrifices. And, you know, Brother J.T. was talking to us about incense this morning. And, and, and we, can, we can look at those things and we can see Christ. We, we can see intercession. We can see Moses. The, the, the people, a plague was among them. And we see this spirit of intercession within Moses and him sending Aaron. You know, to go and stand between the living and between the dead. And did that, did that strike you when you were reading that? Stand between the living and the dead? There was a dividing line there was some, that was sweeping across the people. And Aaron stood there in the gap between the living and the dead. And, and can we not even see Christ as our mediator? You know, we see that spirit of, of, of mediation there in Moses and, 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 and offering a sacrifice unto, unto God and, and seeking to spare the people. Um, had they not moaned and groaned against him? Did he not have reason to say, okay, Lord, you said you'd, you'd uh, get rid of them once before and start over. Didn't Moses intercede there too? Did he not say, Lord, won't the Egyptians? He was concerned for his glory. Won't the Egyptians say that you delivered them just to slaughter them in the desert? And he prayed that the people might be spared. So, here we see this quote from Psalm 69, verse 9, um, saying that Christ did not please himself, but he, he bore our reproach. I mean, if he had given thought to himself... And to saving himself, I mean, even up into the end, if he had had that sort of thought, there were people walking by and saying, "If you be him, come off the cross. Prove to us that you're him. Come down off the cross, and we'll believe." They wouldn't have believed if he had come off the cross. But even then, he was he was not pleasing himself. He came to do the will of the Father. The Father sent the Son that we might have that we might be redeemed. That we might have an atonement, that we, that we might be regenerated, that as that one hymn that we sang this morning about the reserves of heaven, you know, being opened up unto us, uh, that's a that's an incredible thought. Um, if you can think about it in such ways, the hymn, the the person writing the hymn is 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 struggling to give us a thought there that we can grasp hold of in that regard. Can there be mercy? reserved for me. Hmm. But he did not please himself, but he bore whose reproach? He was certainly reproached, but he bore our reproach. Right? That's what it says. He bore our reproach. So you think about this in relation to what we've been talking about. What have we been talking about? We've been talking about unity. Unity. We've been talking about there not being division among us. We've been talking about there are differences between us, but there's not to be division amongst us, even when there are differences between us in secondary matters. And so here we have Paul saying that Christ pleased not himself. He was the King of kings and Lord of lords, right? He didn't please himself, but he suffered on our behalf how much more should we bear with one another, right? How much more should we bear with one another? How much more should we not consider our liberties, but rather forsake those liberties in secondary matters and consider one another? Consider one another. So differences do not demand division. Some people think that way, don't they? If you don't think exactly like we do, then we can't, you know... How can two walk together except they be agreed? Well, what kind of things are we talking about being agreed on? The gospel. Certainly. What what the scripture says unto us, thou shalt and thou shalt not. You know? But things that are outside of that realm. You know? I don't have a tie like that, Brother Jerry. I, that's, that's something. He wouldn't give me his leather jacket, but he's wanting to give me his tie. You not like that tie? I can have a coat and a jacket. That might be his favorite tie. It's got, it's got some colors in there I just don't like. I don't like that tie. You know, we could do all sorts of things like that, couldn't we? Give it to, you anyway. Give it to me. <laughs> you know, we, we talked about people and the color of the carpet in the church, the color of the pew cushions. You know, the color of the paint on the wall. Um, you know, all sorts of things. The, the name that, that's outside. Um, you know, all sorts of things people can get divided over. Um, but we're not called to division in non-essential matters. We're called to unity. And as we said this morning, we can pray as a church. We can pray for unity to exist among us in such a way that even the world outside can see it. And if that's going to be seen by them, then there's got to be some things amongst us that are going to be a little bit different, you know, that they're going to take notice, you know, of, you know, they, they don't, what is it, brother? Peculiar Peculiar people. We are a peculiar people, aren't we? Sister Shelby, would you describe yourself as peculiar? Yeah. In Christ, we are, aren't we? The world certainly describes us as peculiar, you know, they think you're a strange lot, There's something just not quite right about you people. You know how cold it is outside? You know what day it is? What are you doing here? We went to church today. Yeah. We we went to church today. We gathered together as God's people today. Uh, What normal? Is that a story you want to tell right now, brother? Is that a long story that we'll tell in the fellowship hall later when we're reading? Well, it was just somebody who didn't understand sovereign grace. Oh, yeah. And they uh, I spent a lot of time talking with them. And they still didn't understand? Well, they got put out and just yeah. why couldn't it be normal? Right. <laughs> why do you have to believe that God's sovereign? Why do you have to believe that, that salvation is by grace alone? You know, through faith alone and Christ alone. You know, why 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 can't you be like everybody else? You know, well, and this person yeah, happened to be yeah, so that, was that helped. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, what is the bumper sticker they have? You know, coexist. You've seen it before, haven't you? Every character in that word takes the shape and the form of a symbol that relates to a specific form of a religion, you know. Well, there's only one truth. There's only one way. I didn't say that. God's Word says that, you know. That's not just my opinion. It's not just what I think. That's what God's Word, you know, says. Well, here's the other thing. You think about this verse here, verse number four, "...for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning." that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. What an honor is placed upon the Old Testament Scriptures. Because that's what they had, right? That's what they had. What an honor is placed upon the Old Testament Scriptures here. You know, some people discount, discount the Old Testament. Uh, I think that's, and I'm sure you agree, is a great error you know, on their part. You know, they, they only read the New Testament. They don't read the Old Testament. Well, if your Bible's like mine, there's more in the Old Testament than there is in the New, you know. Uh, and they both, they both have light. Um, so, as we said, the whole of the Old and the New speaks of Christ. I thought about um, before there was a beginning of the world, and I was thinking about this even as Brother JT was was uh, preaching this morning. Um, you know Genesis one one in the beginning. I thought about Hebrews ten and Psalm forty. Um, you know, there's so many places that we could that we could go. Well, Hebrews ten. Let me just read that. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Wherefore, or wherefore? When he cometh into the world, when he cometh into the world, you know, because Brother J.T. was talking about him existing from everlasting, from everlasting to everlasting, what? Thou art God. There's not a time that he has not been. There's not a time that he will not be. He is everlasting. He is I am. He is the self-existent eternal one. Uh, He is something that, as Brother J.T. was talking about this morning, we cannot completely wrap our minds around or comprehend, but we believe that by faith. We understand that by faith. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared for me. And burn offerings and sacrifice for sin thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God, above when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offering for sin, thou wouldest not neither hast thou pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. There's so many things in there, aren't there? But these things written for, you know, our learning, written for our patience, written for our comfort, written for our hope. Adam's transgression... We're going to think about everlasting to everlasting. We're going to think about a body thou hast prepared for me. Adam's transgression did not alter God's purpose. Right? You know, I think about Brother Johnny Carter standing up here and saying, God didn't say oops, you know, when Adam sinned. That didn't happen. It didn't happen any more than Satan's rebellion. When Lucifer rebelled, that didn't change God's purpose. Christ already was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, right? That's remarkable. These things were written for our learning. These things were written for our learning. A time they were written that way that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. It's not the last time you're going to hear me say that. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get... I was listening to somebody this week. It was uh, Brother Bob Jennings. Brother Conrad critiqued his... His sermon once, as he asked for Brother Con, I did that once. I don't know how many times Brother Bob Jennings did it. I only did it once. That was enough for me. Um, not not that he was that not that he was mean or cruel about it. You know, he was he was loving and he was he was uh, spot on. You know, but um, that was enough for me to hear. You know, at that particular time, I didn't keep going back to him, back to him, back to him. But um, Brother Bob Jennings had finished preaching, and he asked Brother Conrad about his message. And Brother Conrad said, you chopped off a lot of limbs, but you never got to the tree. You know? And uh, I, I hope that I get to the tree uh, and not just chop off a bunch of limbs. Um, but um, you think about man's expulsion, man's sin and expulsion from the garden. You know, if God had not pursued us, we had this word hope in our verse. If God had not pursued us, we would have had no hope. No hope whatsoever. None at all. You, you think about the, the Pharisees. They took God's law and used it as a, an ends to a, a means to an end, rather. You know, that, they, that they, they thought, I can keep that and I can establish my own righteousness, which that's not the purpose for which it was given. It was given to lead us, as a schoolmaster, to lead us to Christ. Um, so that we would see our need of Christ, for by the law, no flesh shall be justified. Um, thinking about this word hope again, Romans 8:24 and 25 says, "For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with, and it puts this other word with it, doesn 't it, that we 're looking at here in Romans 15. But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? You know, there's, there's a patience in this verse that's described that, that that sheds some more light on, doesn't it? Because there's a lot of verses of Scripture that we see, and you see the prophets, and they're, they're, they're foretelling these things, and they're waiting with Patience. Just like the disciples in their day when the Lord says, I'm gonna come again, they with patience were waiting. They with patience were expecting the Lord to return in their day, even as we right now are expecting the Lord to return in ours. Uh, we we we, don't don't we don't we say that, don't we? Even so come, Lord Jesus.
1: We're much
0: sooner. Yes. We're, We're much closer. Much closer. We're one day closer for sure, right? We don't know when, but we're one day closer than we've ever been before, aren't we, to the Lord's return. And that's a comfort. These things aren't going to continue this way forever. One day the Lord's going to wrap it all up like a vesture, and, 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 it's, and it's going to be burned up with, with fervent heat, right? I mean, it's not going to continue this way forever. You know, we're, we're, We are drawing nigh. We are living in the last days. There's no doubt uh, at, at all about that. But, but we hope. We have hope. We wait. We have patience. Why? Because we have faith. Uh, But you think about the prophets wondering how long. You think about the disciples even waiting in their day um, for the Lord's first coming. Right? Acts chapter 3 and verse 18 says, But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all His prophets that Christ should suffer... He hath so fulfilled. I mean, that fits within the framework, doesn't it, of this verse that we're looking at in Romans 15, 4? They were foretold before that Christ should suffer. That Christ should suffer, and he hath so fulfilled. And so he goes on and says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, Think about some of those men that were present that day, that heard those words. They had heard Christ preaching, and they were among those who stood out there in the crowd and said, crucify him, crucify him, whom the heaven must receive until the times of, the, of restitution of all things, which God had spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear, and all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets, the children of the prophets." Ye are the children of the prophets. They spoke unto you. And of the covenant, which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you, first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. These weren't people who had no interest in these things. These were people who had been brought up on these things. These are these people who have been raised from a youth in these things. I mean, you think about Timothy and his, his his mother and his grandmother, Paul speaking of. I mean, you think about you think about Jewish children and how they would be raised in these things, told of these things. God told them to tell their children of these things. As they came through out of Egypt and in the wilderness. So can we see? Can we look and see what comfort and what hope? That the scriptures have been given to us. I mean, this fits along lines with, with 2 Timothy 3, right? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Here's the thing God has not been silent. God has not been silent. He has spoken to us by the prophets of old. And then you get into Hebrews 1, which was in my notes, and that's where Brother J.T. ended up this morning, that God, who at sundry times and in divers' manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us, what? By his Son. By his Son, whom he's appointed heir of all things. I think about John the Baptist. I mean, all those years that there hadn't been a prophet. Right? All those years they waited. And here comes John the Baptist on the scene. Matthew 3, verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Makes you think again of John pointing the disciples to Christ, saying, "Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world." I think about the disciples and, and Philip finding Nathanael and saying unto him, "We found him." How does that relate to our scripture? We found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, long away the long-awaited Messiah. The one whom had been foretold would come, had come. For them as well as us, he is precious. But I think most of all, as I think about this verse, I think about Luke 24. And I haven't had you turn anywhere until now, but turn to Luke 24. I don't know how often you've thought about this, this passage in Scripture, but Luke 24 and verse 25 through verse 27 Luke 24, verses 25-27. through 27. Do you remember what's happening in, in Luke 24? At, at this point? You have the disciples on the road to Emmaus, right? And what kind of condition are they in? They're very sorrowful. They're in despair. Um, they're, they're having a real difficult time. With everything that's happened, and this seeming stranger joins in their company as they walk. I think it was around six or seven miles along this road, and um, the, he notices, "Why are you so sorrowful?" You know, and they said, "You know, where have you been? You, you've been living under a rock." You know, no, he was the rock, right? He is the rock. Um, you know, how do you not know these things? Are you a stranger? You know, um, and they begin to tell him, you know, we, we thought he was the one. And besides that, all of those things they were saying, today's the third day. You know. And so they're going along saying these things, and then the Lord speaks to them in verse twenty five. And he says, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things? Have we not already read something in that regard already? And had to enter into his glory. And here's the verse that I'm talking about. Have you ever thought about this verse? Wondered about this verse? Verse 27, right? Yeah. Verse 27 says, And beginning at Moses. And you're like, there have been some, some messages that I've read about. You, you think about Jonathan Edwards and preaching sinners in the hands of angry God and you read accounts of that and people thought hell was actually opening up before them, you know, there as they sat in the pew. And you're like, wow, what has it been like to have been present, you know, for that? But, you know, beyond that, I mean, the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, some of the, some of the and we, we, we have the words recorded, but, but how often are, 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 our hearts and minds have thought, oh, to have been there, you know. But we're not left behind, are we, Brother JT? Do we have not the Spirit? You know, Absolutely. But we've thought that way, I think, about this verse before. I know at least I have, but I've thought this before, and I think you probably have too. But beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the Scriptures. You think, all the Old Testament Scriptures and all the Scriptures, he expounded to them the things concerning himself. Now, I'm not, you know, so naive as to, as to think that I know all things, you know, um, you know, I I, I realize there are, are, are many things that I think I know and, and and think about that I've made connections, you know, here in in God's word and Old Testament and, and passages that apply to Christ. And I mean, would I let me just ask you, you know, this passage of scripture that Paul uses here in, in, in Romans fifteen three, you know, would you have thought about, you know, in and of yourself applying that to Christ out of Psalm sixty nine? You know? But the Spirit giving us that understanding, yes, but but we probably would not have made that connection. But there are things that I know I do not yet see as clear, even if I know them in part. I don't see them as clear as I could. But here the Lord was speaking to them, and he revealed unto them, expounded. You think about that word, expounded. I'm trying to expound some things up here. I may not be doing a very good job, but I'm trying to expound. He expounded. He didn't try. This is God manifest in the flesh. He didn't try to expound. But here he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I mean, he starts off by saying, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Don't the prophets write of this? You know, what were you looking for? What were you expecting? What were they expecting? What were they anticipating? What did they think would happen when the Lord came? I and mean, they thought they were going to be on top. you know I, I think that's maybe a lot of the reason why Judas joined himself to the group. you know he thought he'd, he could he could catch a ride on those coattails, and that was a shooting star, and he was going to go places you know but they thought that that you know the Lord the Messiah was going to come and was going to kick the Romans out and you know, rule and reign, you know, um, when things didn't go that way. You know, they were confused. They were troubled. These two men, you know, here are evidence, you know, of that. Um, but he says, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? In other words, did the Scriptures not declare these things unto you? Regarding the Messiah's suffering, these things were written for our learning, right? Written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Are we yet waiting? They were waiting. In that day when the Lord came. Yeah, we're waiting, even now. Yeah, and we have the Gospel. Mm -hmm. Preaching himself. You know, that's, what what is the Gospel except Christ? (laughs) Exactly, you know. But here they were waiting for the Messiah's coming. And things didn't turn out the way that they thought they would. you know. Well, we're waiting for the Lord's return. And right now, things may not be going quite the way that you thought they would. You know, or like that you had hoped that they might. But they are going according to the way that God's Word says they're going to go. I mean, we live in a day, we think, look at all the evil around us. Why are you surprised? The old fools and slow of heart to believe. Yeah. Uh, why are we foolish? Scripture is given for our learning. We need to find ourselves in it. Yeah, slow of heart to believe. You know it. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? You know things are things are going so badly. Well, does the Scriptures not tell us that things are going to go badly? That men's deeds are surely going to wax worse and worse. That that things aren't going to get better and better. You know, I mean, it's not our best life now, right? You remember that book, don't you? You know. No, I hope not either. You know, and I, and none of us would ever want heaven to look anything like what we see here. You know. And yet there are men that think that's what heaven's gonna be like, it's what they've enjoyed in this life. They'll just continue living the same way, you know. They've not heard, they don't understand. But it says beginning with Moses. So, where do you begin? At the burning bush? Genesis one one. Yeah. In the beginning. In the beginning. He began in the beginning. He took them back to Genesis. He explained the things concerning Himself and all the Scriptures. You think about in Genesis where you have the Lord foretold that His heel would be bruised, but that Satan's head would be crushed. Crushed. He was bruised for our iniquities, Right? He was bruised for our iniquities. I mean, you, you think about in the Scriptures all of the, the sacrifices that were made. I mean, priests might as well have been. I think somebody said this recently. I don't think I said it. I, I think one of, either Brother Paul or Brother J.T. said it. Priests were like butchers. You know, we killed all those chickens. Ryan, and, Ryan had bought two aprons that were rubber aprons, and the rest were like white cloth aprons. And by the end of the day, there was blood all over dad's, you know, apron. Um, I can't imagine what the priests, you know, must have, must have looked like. You know, at the end, I mean, blood ran in the streets. You know, there was, there was so much blood. Um, but it didn't matter the amount of blood of bulls and goats. Couldn't wash away, you know, our sins. But pointed to the perfect sacrifice that would come. And his blood would once for all. Make an atonement for all of our sins. You know, think about the Passover, right? The blood upon the doorpost. When I see the blood, we sing, I will pass you know, over you. When was it that the Lord was crucified? At the time of what? Passover. At the time of Passover. Well, that was just a coincidence. No. <laughs> it was on it, God's purpose from the foundation of the world that He would die upon that day. And whether the disciples made the connection at that moment or not, you know, later they would. Later they would see He is our Passover. He is the Passover. His blood is the blood that all of that blood pointed towards. His blood was the blood that would be shed for our sins. And God would pass over. Judgment would pass pass over. That death angel came through, right, and passed over those houses. But you think about all those, that, that blood, and you think about passages like Leviticus seventeen eleven, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. That's pretty plain, isn't it? What God gives us, you know, there in Leviticus. Hebrews 10 says, And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. The sacrifice to end all sacrifices, right? So the Lord was reminding. I'm sure that these disciples knew some of these things. But he was connecting the dots. You know, we were, we were singing some of those hymns earlier, and there were some dots there, and I was having trouble connecting how those dots work. But the Lord was connecting these dots, you know, for these disciples. Think about in Genesis where God slays animals to do what? What for? A covering, a covering for Adam and Eve. We have a covering. We have a covering. You think about Abraham and Isaac walking up the mountain. Father, here's fire and here's wood. Where's the sacrifice? Son, God will provide himself a sacrifice, right? He will provide himself a lamb for an offering. They offered sacrifice year after year, but Christ was the sufficient sacrifice. You think that he might have taken them to Isaiah chapter nine? Maybe? I mean that passage is on our minds because of what's you know happening, you know, today, because of what today is, but being Christmas, but For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice, from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Well, that sounds all glorious, doesn't it? And wonderful. And they were having trouble with the suffering attached, you know, to that. There was the glory, but the suffering they were having trouble with. We sang that hymn this morning, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery. Mystery indeed, right? As 1 Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles believed on in the world and received up into glory so he began at Moses he may have recounted the flood of Noah's day unto them right how many people were saved how many souls eight Eight souls were saved because of the ark right you know Peter kind of makes that connection doesn't he about the ark when he talks about those things that Christ is pictured as the only ark of safety that we can enter into to escape the judgment of God. But there's no other safe place. What does Noah do when he exits the ark? He builds an altar and he worships God. You know? It's kinda of like Job. All these things happened unto him, and he what does he do? He bows down and worships and says, The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Think about the great Exodus from Egypt. They ate bread from heaven. They drank water from the rock, and Christ declares himself to be the true bread, you know, from heaven, right? 1 Corinthians 10 declares, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. The Lord said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh unto me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. So many different places that we could go. You think of places like Psalm 22. The very first verse says this. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The very words our Lord spoke upon the cross. Let's go back to our text again. What did it say? For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort, the Scriptures might have hope. Verse 6 says, A reproach of men, in that same psalm, Psalm 22, and despised of the people. You go on further in Psalm 22, and verses 7 and 8 say this, They that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip, they shake the head, saying he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him, Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Verse 18, same Psalm, Psalm 22. They parted my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Someone just looking upon the scene might have felt great pity. You know, might have, and, and if they're looking upon the scene, they had other expectations. There might have been great sorrow. But. No doubt, I mean, there would have been sorrow in our hearts because of that happening if we had been there, you know, and seen the Lord being crucified. If we had been one of the disciples walking with Him for three years, I mean, no doubt. But there's comfort in the Scriptures that these things had to happen the way that they happened. They were foretold, you know, beforehand. And again, therefore, our, our comfort that we might have hope. Psalm 69, 21 says, They gave me gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Isaiah 50, verse 6, I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. That's pretty specific, isn't it? I hid not my face from shame and spitting. What do we read in our text? What do he say? For even Christ pleased not Himself. They're plucking out his beard. They're spitting in his face. They're smiting him, you know, with a rod. I think about Simeon. He was promised that he wouldn't see death until he had seen what? The Lord's Christ. I think about what must have filled Mary's mind as she's hearing these things that Simeon is, 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 is speaking. He says in Luke 2.32, something that might have sounded pretty odd, you know, to Mary at the time, a light to lighten the Gentiles. Yeah. And think about Paul. He was the apostle to the Gentiles. You know, what, what might have Paul thought he would have been the apostle to? The Jews he brought up at Gamaliel's feet. I mean, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He knew those things. He could, he could have spoke directly, you know, and he did, didn't he? When he came into a new city, where did he go first? To the synagogue. Always to the synagogue. And he would speak to them. And he longed though, didn't he, for the Jew. He longed for his brethren. He longed for his people. He, he said he could wish himself accursed. You know, um, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Then in verses 34 and 35, Simeon says, Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again, of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. And then verse 35, not what every mother wants to hear, right? Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Brother J.T. was talking about, you know, all these people being, being uh, uh, upset and things, you know, as far as the, the I don't even know how many letters there are anymore of it, L B be T Q J Z, you know, whatever. You know, them not being upset or angered about something. J T said, they need to be upset. What did the Lord saying? The Lord said, If I had not come, if I had not spoken, they would have no covering for their sin. But He has come, and He has spoken and they do not have a covering for their sin, and they hate these things, and they hate you, and they hate me, and they hate the Lord because of it. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Zechariah 12.10 says, I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me, whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. There was, there was lots of thoughts of lots of hearts being revealed. I mean, think about Pilate. And we go back to the Old you know, Testament and the offerings, and when you brought a lamb, it was a lamb without what? Spot, And what did Pilate say of Christ? I find no fault in him. His wife says, have nothing to do with that righteous man. I've been vexed and troubled in my dreams sorely this night because of him. Pilate sought to wash his hands of the whole affair, but it couldn't be done. And there are people out there yelling and screaming, you're no friend of Caesar, crucify him. Crucify him. Think of that centurion that stood by his side, at least one of them, and through the whole of all that happened, what was his report? Surely, surely this was the Son of God. Yes. In Matthew 27, we read about that. It says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city and peered unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God that He made the complete and final sacrifice for our sins was made evident, right? What happened to that veil of the temple? It was rent from what? Top to bottom, right? You know, that, that wouldn't have been something that somebody could have explained away you know, and said, well, this is why that happened. You know, um, The Holy of Holies was opened. Yeah, the Holy of Holies was laid bare. We can come before the throne of grace, right? Yeah, anytime, right? Anytime. I mean, the high priest could only go into that place once a year, and he wore the little bell- bells around his skirt because if if he were to fall, you know, if if, if, if something were to happen to him while I was in there, nobody could go in and get him. You know, they they, they listened for those bells, and they still had what. Hope. They <laughs> had hope. That thing we're talking about here. They had hope. Not without, Not without blood. Sprinkled upon the mercy seat. Yes. So, Isaiah 52 says, Behold, my servant, verse number 13, shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. And That's the glory part, right? As many were... Astonished at the, his visage, his visage. Think about his visage. It says here in scripture that it was so marred, it was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. He was unrecognizable. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Think about that sprinkling the blood upon the mercy seat. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him. For that which had not been told them shall they see, and that which they had not heard they shall consider. Isaiah 53, verse 3, He is despised and rejected of men. I mean, you think about old fools and slow of heart to believe, right? I mean, you think this might have been a place that the Lord would have taken them and said, He is despised and rejected of men. didn't Didn't you know that the Messiah must suffer? And we, as it were, hid our faces from him. Think about what Brother Bruce says, they fled, right? He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Therefore, you go down to verse number 12, I will divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul into death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sins of many and made intercession for those transgressors. Another place it makes me think of, because we've been thinking in terms of the two disciples on or the disciples that were on the way to Emmaus, right? And they're all down and they're all depressed and, and, and they're they're, they just, they're so distraught. And the Lord begins to open. Beginning at Moses, the thing is concerning himself. And I think about this other place in Acts chapter 8, as we think about this verse of Scripture, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. You remember in Acts chapter 8 when Philip was joined to that chariot? Mm-hmm. The Ethiopian eunuch of uh, Candace? He was reading in Isaiah, that very place that we just read, right? Yeah, the place in Scripture, or verse 32 of chapter 8 says, The place of the Scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearers, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip because Philip had asked him a question. What was it? Understandest what thou readest? How can I except some man explain it You know unto me? And so there it says, The eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet? Who's the prophet speaking of? There's someone that is going to come and is going to bear my iniquity. There's someone that's going to come and pay for my sins. There's someone that's going to come and I'm going to have redemption. Who's he speaking of? Then Philip opened his mouth and he began to preach unto him what? Jesus. Began to preach Jesus unto him. He began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. These things had already taken place, right? Here Philip is, these things had happened. These things were written aforetime for our learning. Zechariah 9, verse 9, declares that he would ride into Jerusalem on a what? A donkey, yeah. Psalm 69, verse number 4, says that he would be hated without cause. And the Lord said that, didn't he? They hate me without cause, without cause. Psalm 41, verse 9, foretold of Judas. Pretty incredible when you think about that. Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. Zechariah 11, verse number 12. And I said unto them, If you think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price thirty pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, Cast it Unto the potter a goodly price that I was prized out of them, and I took the thirty pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. So, Thirty pieces of silver, there it is, detailed out. I mean, exact change, you know, if you want to think about it that way. Zechariah also said that the money would be thrown on the temple floor and then it would be picked up and used to buy the potter's field. Psalm 16 tells of no corruption in the grave. how, How would we make that kind of connection? You know, if we had known just those things at that time, this verse of Scripture, we might have been just like the Ethiopian eunuch. Tell me, of whom is he speaking? Whom's being told of here? When I read, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. It's not that there's no application, like Brother J.T. was saying, of these things unto us even, you know. But um, this is speaking of Christ. So as the Lord spoke these things unto these two men on the road to Emmaus, after he finished, after he opened, beginning at Moses, all these things, what was their report later? Did our hearts not burn within us? You know, and do we not have the same reaction sometimes some of you are a little more animated than others sometimes i can look at sister shelby and i mean it's just like she's she's hanging on every word now the rest of you may be doing the same thing but it's evident in her face i don't know if she knows that she's that way but <laughs> but it's it's evident you know she's listening intently i'm not saying that nobody else is listening intently but i can see it you know they're you know on her face but does it not happen to us? Do we not hear the word of God? Is it not declared and expounded unto us and in these very things that we're talking about here, written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope? Does it not perform that very thing you know within us? You know, that's being told to us here, these scriptures that we're talking about that were given aforetime, do they not burn? you know, within us in a good way. I mean, I, I don't know how many of you suffer heartburn if you have trouble with it. I do from time to time, mostly because of the things that I eat that I know I'm not supposed to, but that it tastes good, you know, and so I eat them and I suffer, you know, later. But this is a good kind of burn, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what, what a hope it ignites. What joy, you know, what, what comfort, you know, is given to us by God's Spirit so that we can say this, knowledge of Scripture produces joy. It produces hope. Uh, it produces comfort. Uh, it, it's a it's, it's greatly needed hope. and co- Think about these men. Well, what did we describe them as? They were depressed. They were sad. They were heartbroken. And then the Lord expounds these things unto them, and then they see that it's Him... <laughs> And then he vanishes, you know, out of, out of their presence. But that wasn't, that's, that's a pretty incredible thing, right? I mean, somebody appears and they vanish. I mean, that'd be something that you'd remember and want to tell people about. But that's not the thing that they went and told. They went forth telling of Christ to the other disciples. You know, what, what he had opened unto them in the Scriptures beginning at Moses, they went to the others and told them the same things. And you remember what, some, what the condition of some of them were, Right? Think about Thomas. The Lord had appeared to some of the other disciples, but not unto Thomas. And what did Thomas say? Except I can put my finger in the palm of his hand. Except I, I, can, I can put my hand in his side, I'll not believe. And the Lord comes and appears unto Thomas and recounts those very things to him. He heard what Thomas had said. He said, here, Thomas, here's my hand. Put your finger in. You know, Thomas. Here's my side. You know, um, isn't that remarkable? How our hearts burn, you know, within us at these things. My my heart burns within me just reading that verse of Scripture. You know, there in Luke chapter three. You know, when it says that the Lord began in Moses and expounded to them in the Scriptures all things concerning Himself. It produced joy, no doubt, within them. That was the burning. You know, there was hope produced in them. Um, that was the burning. It all made sense. They saw the truth. Uh, you know, they their eyes were opened. And and it says the Lord... Think about this. The Lord's the one. They, they compel Him, right, to stay with them. He, he was going to go on and keep going, but they compelled Him to stay. And so they're in... Or He's in their house, right? Well... If you come over to my house, what do you expect me to do? I mean, if I'm going to be hospitable, then I'm going to serve you. I don't expect you as my guest to go up and get Sister Dorothy came and Brother Paul stayed in our house recently. I didn't expect them to get up and cook breakfast. You know, they were our guests. That was something that we did. But when you read that account, the Lord's the one. They were so enraptured at what was happening, they, they, they forgot anything about food, it seems. And the Lord Himself served them, and their eyes were opened. And they saw Him. And then that's when you know, He vanishes from, from their, their view. But it, they saw things in a way they hadn't seen them before. And their hearts were burning within them. The Scripture had been unfolded, you know, to them. God's plan had unfolded before them, as it it were. They saw things and made connections they had never made before. His purposes were being accomplished. And they were certainly filled, like we said, with hope and with joy and with comfort. What a comfort we have in the Scriptures. What a hope we have in the Scriptures, Right? It does set the heart aflame for Christ, doesn't it? You know, we, we hear the truth of God's Word. And does it not set our hearts aflame? Does it not cause us to want and go? I mean, how can I, how can I contain this? I mean, here's this gospel that's been given unto me. Here's this good news that's been given. Here's this truth that's been given. How can I keep it to myself? How can I not tell my children about it? How can I not tell my neighbor about it? How can I not tell my coworker about it? How can I not tell others about it? How can I not rejoice with you in it? Because we both know these things and believe these things to be true. What a comfort, what a hope, what a peace, what a joy the Scriptures give unto us. These men were in the depths of despair, and now they were on heights and plains of joy that they could not have imagined they would be upon uh, at the beginning of that day, You know where they were at the end of the day. I mean, they were, they were in a place that it's, it's remarkable to think about. Job in chapter 19. You know, what he says. All these things that have happened unto him. And he says in verse number 25, For I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer. They were saddened. Today is the third day. Where is he? I know my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another. Though my reins be consumed within me, isn't that remarkable to think about? You know, Job making that sort of declaration. You know, all of those years before the Messiah is coming. You know, um, you know. How did David pen these words? What does the Scripture say? That men were moved right by the Spirit. Uh, they may not have completely understood the things they were writing. I'm sure even the Messianic Psalms, there were parts of it that David could... I mean, he, he could appropriate for himself. He could identify with. Um, you know, but to make that application to Christ in the manner in which these men on the road to Emmaus are making it now after the Lord's expounded these things to them, you know, that's a different story altogether. But hope for both. Both had hope in these things. So may the Lord continue to fill us with such hope through the scriptures, as we see here um, in these things in these this this one account with these men, that we would know the truth and and, and worship with such praise and thanksgiving as they their hearts burned you know within them at these things uh, they were rejoicing in the truth um, you know I know there's times that we may not feel exactly that way, but you know may that may that be. Uh, again, you know, may the Lord revive us, you know, and revive these things unto us and renew these things, I guess is a better word, you know, within us, that our hearts would burn and burn to such a degree, you know, that people would see Christ in us. They would, they would we, we talked about the aroma of that incense, that the aroma of Christ, you know, would be upon us, uh, that others would see Christ, you know, in us, and that we would declare Christ to, you know, others around us. Um, and that we would see, you know, others coming, you know, into this, these same things that, you know, you, you think about, here's, here's Andrew, and what does he do as soon as he learns? He goes and what? Anybody? He goes and tells Peter, you know, right? And, and you never know, do you? I mean, you think, here, Andrew goes and tells Peter. And Andrew learned first, and Peter learned afterwards. You know, but how the Lord used. I mean, not that he didn't use Andrew, he did, but how that he used Peter. You know, and think about Paul. I mean, a lot of the churches in the beginning wouldn't have given him the time of day. You know, this man persecuted Christians. Yeah. Um, you know, who would who would want to go and witness to that man, you know, about these things, who put people, such people to death, you know. Um, and yet, what a mighty force um, that, that God you know, wrought, you know, within him uh, to, we have most of the New Testament, you know, been written unto us, you know, through the letters that he wrote to the churches, you know, uh, just incredible. Uh, We just don't know, you know, I don't know who, who shared the gospel with Brother Paul Jordan, but I'm sure glad they did. I mean, I know he is too, you know, but I'm glad because I've been able to sit and listen to him preach at times, you know, and I could say the same thing about JT, you know, and I could say the same thing about all of you, because we are an encouragement one to another, but, but uh, what a blessing um, to have one another. You know, we've been talking about this unity, we've been talking about, you know, being one, um, one mouth glorifying God, and when that is present, then we can go back, can't we, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. That with one mouth we glorify God. That, that, and we did. And, and Brother Paul and Sister Dorothy came over, and we sat at the table, you know, there in the living room, and we spoke, and Bruce was there too, we spoke Saturday night about the things of God. And we rejoiced in those things together. And we fellowshiped with one another, and we encouraged one another. And we can be that thing to one another, can't we? Um, that we, I mean, and what are we going to do? And Brother Donnie asked the question. Whenever we were talking about dealing with someone that maybe, maybe, maybe it's not a secondary issue, you know, and I think the exact thing that you may have used was fear, was the issue. Uh, there's fear, and how do, we, how do we deal, you know, with a person, you know, in that regard? Well, what are we going to come at them with? We talked about having some inroads already built into their lives because of the, the fellowship, you know, because of the friendship, that we've had with them and we've established that and built that. And, and it may, it didn't have to be that, does it? I mean, the Ethiopian eunuch didn't know Philip. The Lord did that, you know, and he says, come on up into the chariot with me. You know, Philip's found there walking beside the chariot. You know, you understand what you're reading, but it's the scriptures. How are we going to give somebody hope? How are we going to give hope to people? It's the scriptures. I was talking to somebody this week about some things they were dealing with. And I was trying to give them hope from God's word. One thing for me to tell them about an experience that I had one time. And something, this or another, that might have helped me. You know, I'm talking about worldly wise. But that didn't help Pilgrim, did it? Christian on Pilgrim's Progress. He came across who? Worldly wise man. You know. And worldly wise man gave him some directions, but it didn't help Christian with his burden. You know, how are we going to help people? It's going to be this very thing that we're talking about here in this very verse. Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. How else are we going to give anybody hope except in these things? We, have, we don't have anything else to offer them except Christ. Um, what else? What better thing could they be offered, except Christ? What greater need did they have, except Christ? Well, I don't know if I will chop more limbs, or if I got to the tree, but maybe there was something there, you know, that the Lord uh, helped you to latch on to, lay hold of, encourage you. Psalm so 40. Mm-hmm. 4 through 8. Psalm 40. Okay. Yes, So, blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. There's some hope. No, Psalm 40. Psalm 40. Right <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, you're starting. I always thought I'd heard something wrong. Um, blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. Many... O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done, and thy thoughts, which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, mine ears hast thou opened. Burn offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is written within my heart. And, and again, you know, we can, there are things there that are certainly applicable, you know, to us. I mean, we know, lo, in the volume of the book it is written of me. And we're speaking of the Lord, you know, there. But I mean, you, you, you read there and it says, thy law is written within my heart. Well, we, we've got scripture for that, don't we? They shall be my God. Or or they shall be my people. I shall be their God. And they shall be my people. And he says, I will write my word upon their hearts. And if it were not so, where would we be? If he had not written his word upon our hearts, where would we be? We wouldn't be here this morning. We wouldn't be concerned about hearing these things or knowing these things. We wouldn't wouldn't care that as we read Romans 15 and verse number 4, that there was anything about... Hope and comfort, you know, in the scriptures. Who cares? It doesn't mean anything to me, you know. But it's been written in our hearts. You know, and 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 not only that, but you think about the things that have been written there. They're not grievous to us, right? Scripture says that these are joyous things. We rejoice to do the Lord's will. It's not a grievous thing. Oh, I got to get up and read my Bible. Oh, I got to get up and pray. You know, most of the time I'm regretting that I don't have more time to read my Bible or more time to pray. You know, that's, that's what the Lord's put on our hearts, right? Um, you know, I, I, I get up and, and the day just immediately starts to invade, you know, and I'm looking for that closet. You know, I'm looking for that alone time, you know, with the Lord. Um, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got a place to go, and I, sh- I showed Brother Paul while he was there, I've got a place to go and study. But a lot of times, you know, I'll I'll just nobody's moving. There hasn't been any movement in the house whatsoever, and I don't want to start it. I don't want to make any noise. So I'll just lay there in my bed, and you know, now you know we've got my, my phone on me. But now we've got these things, you know, where I, the scripture's right there, you know, and it's even illuminated. I don't have to turn on a lamp and bother Teresa. I can I can throw the covers you know, over my head, and I can see the scriptures, and I can read, and I can study, and I can pray, and I'm not bothering anybody, you know, I'm not disturbing anybody, have I haven't stirred anybody where they're going to bother me, you know. Uh, but eventually, it'll start. Eventually the day wears on, and it's getting close to starting time for work, and people start to text. And I'm not saying they shouldn't, you know, there's a job to be done, you know, and so they're texting about things, and they're calling about things. And your heart's saddened because now I've got to leave that which I would rather be doing and go and do the thing that I have to do, you know, the thing that is grievous, (laughs) work. It's not called fun, right, Brother Jerry? Um, I I come across people all the time saying, well, you ought to enjoy what you do. I don't necessarily enjoy work. And it's not, like I said, it's not called fun. It's called work, you know. Um, I, I do it because it 's what the lord 's given me to do, um, and so I can rejoice in it in, in that way. This is what the Lord set before me, uh, but outside of that the whole the whole earning your bread by the sweat of your brow it 'd be much nicer to be in the garden before that right <laughs> and you know you think about the part that 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 Mary chose Hmm? right what she chose what part did she choose sit at the lord 's feet yeah yeah that's the good part. The Lord said that. She's chosen the good part and it's not going to be taken away from her. You know. So choose the good part. That's what we've been talking about too. You know, this the scriptures. You know, the good part. Get you a good portion each day. You know, there's there's some pies back there. Right? Do you see any of them yet? You may not have seen them. I don't know how many is back there, Sister Delena, Teresa, y'all know? Four or five? That many? That's not exaggerating. Yeah, so you'll be able to go back there in a little while and get you a big hunk of one of those pies. Well, God's Word get you a big chunk of it every morning. You know, and I'm not—I I'm not say big. Get you a good, get you a good chunk of it every morning, and carry it with you all day. You know, just think about it, roll it over through your mind, the scriptures over and over again. Let it let it nourish you and feed you and comfort you and give you hope. Because the world's certainly not going to. None of those things are going to do that. Everything that comes over the television, unless I put something in there that I bought that I want to watch that's going to be edifying, most of that's just nonsense. You know, It's going to be burned up one day and not going to make any bit of difference. You know. But the truth, it abideth forever. It abideth forever. You know, and make, you, know, you should know the truth, and the truth, you know, make you free, Right? Free from what? Yeah, free from sin, free from the world, free from doubt, free from uh, unbelief, you know, free from fear. you know there's a lot of things to be freed from, aren 't there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah All right, well, thank you, sister, for that passage there that's good stuff. Good thing to you know, roll that over and over in your mind this afternoon. All right. Any other thoughts? Besides, are you quite done yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm about unity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, our church, our former church, we often thought of what I did, particularly
0: of a bunch of misfits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it yeah, and the thing that we glorify is not the thing that brother Donnie and I were brought up you know doing. we were kids i mean he he rode a skateboard a lot and 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 you know we grew up in the city and and uh, I did some of that, but i was I wasn't as fearless as he was i don't guess because I decided i'm going to ride a bike i 'm not going to ride that skateboard. Um, there 's one little pebble, and I could lose all my teeth. you know I mean I could have done on the bike too, but I, was, I had a handlebar to hold on to. and a skateboard you didn 't hold nothing you know your feet were on it that 's about it but but we don 't glorify that you know with one mouth we 're not glorifying you know um, those such sorts of things we 're glorifying God you know there's there 's a unity there absolutely but but were we misfits, brother Donnie? yeah, I think so <laughs> we were misfits. <laughs> Misfits, <laughs> um, but and who would have ever thought? You know, um, I, I watch my girls go up to Brother JT and hug his neck. Now these girls, totally understandable, you know. I mean, but what what is it? What do they what do they see? That that's an old man in his eighties. What what do they see in him? You know, they see Christ. They see Christ. They, they, they see a love and an affection that we all have for one another. You know, why do, why do any of us hug I- I- any, you know? I mean, Brother Conrad, I'm sure he probably did it to you. Brother Paul, he'd plant a kiss on the side of your face, you know? <laughs> Brother Johnny Carter does the same thing. He does. Um, the Lord's done that. And it's, it's, it's wondrous. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? In our eyes. It's wondrous to behold, uh, certainly, uh, because we are different. We are different, different personalities. We're not all cookie cutter, are we? Uh, Not everybody can have a head full of curly hair like Brother Donnie. You know, and Brother J.T. still got, still got his. I I hope I keep mine that long uh, and longer. But but if not, the Lord's got a purpose even in that, doesn't he? Not not one of those hairs fall out without him knowing. Every one of them. You know, we have hair, don't have hair, you know, whatever way it is. But the Lord knows. But what a precious thing it is for the people of God. I mean, we were talking about that with Bentley, weren't we, Brother Paul, last week. Hoped it would never have ended, Brother Jerry. Hoped it would have continued, but it came to an end. I mean, the world says all good things must come to an end, but the good things that we're talking about—they're not—they're—they're they're everlasting. Yeah. We've got another place. Yeah. And we'll have an eternal place, won't we? I mean, camp after camp has ended for us. I don't know how many camps have ended for you, Brother Paul, over the years. But, you know, we've gone through a lot of them ending. But there's coming a time when we shall not depart anymore. You know, we'll dwell, dwell together forever, won't we? Uh, what a glorious day that will be. With perfect minds gathered around the throne, glorifying Christ. Um, what a wondrous time. All right, well, any other thoughts? You know if you say something, you'll get me started again. <laughs> uh-huh. These girls are very patient. They've been a- attentive, you know I'm not sure at that age how attentive I was. You might have seen me rather Donnie like this with my head on the back of the pew, mouth open. <laughs> and when my mom noticed, you know <laughs> actually it wasn't a elbow jab. It was usually these fingers. And right in right inside the thigh, you know, we got a pinch. <laughs> Get your attention. I don't know, one of us screamed out one time, didn't we? No. <laughs> yeah. That might have ended that. (laughs) That method (laughs) might have changed. I don't know. Uh, All right. Well, let's stand and we'll go to the Lord once again in prayer. I guess just to come full circle, it was a joy. Brother J.T., to do what we did last week for you and Sister Betty. Um, we we rejoiced in being able to do it. Um, what does the Scripture say? Rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep, right? So we was just rejoicing with you. So uh, your your glory was our glory too, you know. <laughs> 65 years, we rejoiced in it right along with you. <laughs> All right.